Welcome to the CU Strategy Forum podcast, a podcast designed especially for credit union leaders. Our goal is to bring you the latest strategic resources for growing your profitability and membership. Whether your credit union has 10,000 or 10 million members, we think you'll find today's conversation valuable. Welcome back to the CU Strategy Forum podcast. Uh, I have an amazing guest here today. I've just met Ashish uh, Garg a few weeks ago as we were talking through a common client. Uh, Ashish is the CEO of Eltropy, which is a digital conversations platform. And I'm really excited to have him on today as we start talking about consumer behavior, specifically post-COVID consumer behavior, and why we need to think differently uh, about credit, the credit union human experience in your credit union. So welcome, Ashish. How are you this morning? Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. Paul, today we are recording. It's Columbus Day. It happens uh, to be a federal holiday. Here we are I'm working. I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm really glad you found the time for me. Uh, I really, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, we're not banks. We get to support banks, but we, <laughs> we don't get as many days off as the credit union does. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. But thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, tell us a little bit more about your your background and, and how Eltrapri how came about and what you're doing now. Give us a little bit of detail. Yeah, so Paul, in case you couldn't notice from my name, it's Ashish Garg, and it's a very Indian name. So I was actually born in India, and uh, I came to America almost 21 years ago as a graduate student. Nice. And so from India, believe it or not, I landed in Santa Barbara, California. <laughs> have you ever been to Santa Barbara, by the way? I have. It is lovely. That is not a bad place to yeah. land. Yeah, so it's one of the most beautiful cities in America. And as an immigrant, that was the first city I landed in. And I used to think all of America is like Santa Barbara. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I was there for about two years. And, and one of my favorite sort of early stories is that, that at UCSB, I was a graduate student for nine months. And after nine months, you can do a summer internship. So I got a summer internship done uh, at a company called Texas Instruments TI. So they had bought a company here in San Jose. I moved to San Jose, California. I'm doing it in my internship with TI. And to get from my apartment to my internship, which was like nine miles, used to take me two hours. Oh my. Because I didn't have a car and I had to change two buses. And a lot of time I used to miss the second bus and I used to reach work late. So one of my coworkers said, Ashish, why don't you buy a car? So I told him that, sir, listen, I just started my internship. I'm sort of a poor graduate student. I still don't have my first type and I don't even know how to buy a car. So I said, well, why don't you look at Texans Credit Union? And I was like, what is a credit union? He said, well, some of our TI employees, they came together, they pulled in their money and they gave money to people like you who still don't have their first type and et cetera. So in June 20, 2002, I remember very, very clearly, I go to the Texans Credit Union website, download a new membership application. I print it, fill it out, and I scan it, and I fax it to them. Oh, my gosh. So if you know what, <laughs> what fax technology is, Paul, do you know what that is, uh, by the way? I do. I, I'm, I'm old enough to have done lots of fax work in the marketing world. <laughs> I had a client that so used to have 20 fax machines, and every month they would go and print out papers and fax them one by one just to, to thousands of clients. And I thought, what an amazing waste of time. But I'm glad that yeah. still, 
Aren't we glad we're past those days? Yes, yes, yes. So anyways, I send them a fax and the next morning I come back to work and I had a fax waiting for me and Texans Credit Union had approved my membership and also deposited $5,000 in my account. And that's how I bought my first car in America, Paul. It was called a used Toyota Corolla. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And every time I drove that car, I actually felt like the king of the world. So that's what the first car in America does to you. It sort of gives you wings so that you can fly. So, so this is where I got started. And then of course, much, much later, I founded this company called Eltropy. Uh, and we built software for credit union. So credit unions helped me get my head started in America with my first car and heavy. That's amazing. What a great story. So tell us more about Eltropy. What does Eltropy do? So as of today, we Eltropy, we are a fintech. We serve community financial institutions, which includes credit unions and community banks. What we provide to them is a software that allows them to have conversations with their members remotely and digitally. And we are the digital conversations platform for community financial institutions. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'll, I'll give an yeah. So I'll give an example, and I think that's probably one of the topics you want to talk about today is what happened after COVID. So COVID was this moment that hey, listen, all these credit unions, community banks had to shut down their branches. So well, if your branches are shut, how do you now communicate? with your members or with your consumers. Yeah. So suddenly what happened with a lot of these credit unions, their phone call volume went through the roof. Right? They also couldn't have their, their phone call agents or the call center agents in the, in the office because everybody had to be at home. Right? So they scrambled to put a lot of technology in place so that their members could interact or communicate with them even in spite of the fact that the branches were shut. Right. So this went on for almost about a year and a half, and those are some very, very difficult times. And now what has happened is that, that fewer and fewer people want to actually go back to the pre-COVID world. Everybody loves to be on their cell phones, uh, just get everything done on their cell phones. And then the question is, well, if fewer and fewer people are coming back to your branches or the frequency with which they're coming back to your branches is lesser and lesser and lesser. How do you keep engaging those people? How do you have those, those conversations with them which help you build connections so that you can serve them better? And this is squarely, Paul, where we come into play is we build that digital conversations platform. And that makes sense. I mean, so much of the magic of what happens in the credit union is that there is a more human relationship that a credit union is able to offer because it built their organization to help serve a specific population, a very narrow population, whether that's a particular like employer group or a geographic region. And so what you're counting on in a credit union experience is that I'm a human, people know me, that I have access to a lot more and I'm not just a number like I am at a big bank. But now we're in post COVID, right? Like we lost that ability to have in COVID, for sure, we lost the ability to have a little bit of that, a lot of that human connection. Like what's happening now with, with credit unions uh, as they're, we talk about post-COVID behavior. What, what are, I feel like a lot of that sort of efficiency that the credit union gained in a remote distributed workforce or call center or whatever, how are they still providing that human connection using your, your technology? Yeah, so I'll give an example. Um, 
one of my, my dearest mentors is a gentleman named Chris Bradbury, and Chris is the CEO of Fiber Federal Credit Union. So Chris very recently spoke at a conference called the Leadership Summit that we at Elder we put together. And Chris told us this story that he said, listen, ladies and gentlemen, there used to be this time our member, let's call him Joe, Joe the member. Not Joe the plumber, Joe the member. <laughs> uh, Joe the member, you, before COVID, Joe the member used to come to our branches, you know, to do his transactions, to take out some money, deposit some money, etc. And then while he was at the branch, we used to tell Joe that, hey, Joe, um, while you're here, are you looking for some credit? Like, are you looking to buy a car, etc.? And while Joe was there, well, these conversations used to happen and we'll uncover all these sort of unmet needs, financial needs. And then me and my team or, or Chris and his team will actually get to work in recommending a financial product. So this is the pre-COVID world. Mm -hmm. He said in the post-COVID world, Joe the member is coming to the branches less and less and less frequently. Right. So now if Joe the member is going to come to the branch less and less and less, he's going to get everything done through online banking, digital banking, then what is your opportunity to having that conversation? So one of the things we've done with, with Chris and his team at Fiber Federal is, for example, let's say if Joe is unable to come in, can you, to have that conversation, how about you initiate a text-based conversation? So you're able to text Joe, Joe's able to text back. And let's say Joe, the member may be very busy, right? He, he or she, like he may be somewhere out there, let's say dealing with some family issues or being at his work, etc. But the beauty about texting is that it's easy, right? People are able to have conversations on text all the time. So that's one of the ways, having conversations via text. Another way is having conversations via video. So I'll give you my own example. Um, as I said, I'm an immigrant from, from India. Last year, I actually spent two months in India. And unfortunately, when I came back from India, I had acute lower back pain. Mm. And I had to see a doctor in America, but unfortunately, I couldn't even drive. But my doctor's office gives me video appointments. Have you done anything like this before, Paul, like a video appointment? My, I have not yet, no. I see. So like my, my doctor's office is called Stanford Clinics. I go to their, they have an app. I go to that app, schedule an appointment. It gives me an option. Hey, you want an in-person or a video appointment? So what I did was I scheduled a video appointment and I was a little bit nervous in, in the beginning that like, what is this video appointment all about? Then well, the day of the appointment comes, I open the app again, click on a button to join a video appointment. And lo and behold, my doctor was at the other end. And that was like the best experience because I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to go to a car. I didn't have to go like a nurse had to take my weight and height and blood pressure, all of that, right? I saved so much time. Hmm. That makes sense. And I don't think I'm ever going back to a doctor's office <laughs> until it's, let's say it's an exam or like a blood test, right? So that was a tipping point. So now please imagine Joe the member, he or she, like he's somewhere out, out there. They need to get in touch with the credit union. They go to the credit union app um, or, or let's say the website and now they're able to have a video call. Either they can have an instant video call or now you can schedule a video appointment right? and still have those conversations remotely and digitally. I, I love what you're describing here because it, I, I hear often credit unions describe their digital experience as being the digital branch, right? It's worth the investment of the time and energy because this is this whole other 
branch experience that we're not offering our members. And we've invested so much in our physical branches. But really, when you break apart that argument, what they're doing in their digital experience is facilitating with automation or a website a lot of the same signup processes that would exist in branch. But what you're describing is different. It's a human relationship in a digital experience where you're still connecting with a person. You're still tied to this. You, you have the, this relational connection to the organization and hopefully maybe even a specific group of people where you see a face, right? Like, or you're, you're sort of engaging with someone that knows who you are and it's not just automated. So in your, in your, um, examples here are you integrated with the banking core who is who is actually doing the text messaging or the video call because it's probably not just an empty teller that gets randomly assigned there's some there there's some human element there where you're allocating some some direct resources a person to to kind of facilitate this relationship how does that work yeah so i love i love sort of the contrast you're drawing paul because let's say in the last 20 years a lot of credit union focus has gone into digital banking. Right. So what is digital banking? Well, it's a place you download an app or you go online, you log in. And as a member, you're able to see all your accounts, right? Okay, how much money do I have my checking account, savings account, right? Maybe you can do transfers, right, of money from one place to the other. Maybe you can apply for a loan, right? But what is really missing from digital banking today is the human element. Right. Because it's a system where you go find information, find your account balance, maybe you do a few transactions. However, a lot of what digital banking solves today is what I call simple conversations. Hmm. So let's say instead of picking the phone and calling the call center of a credit and saying, hey, what's my account balance? Instead of doing that, I just log in to an app and I can get my balance, right? This is a simple conversation. Right. And in the history of mankind, what I've learned, Paul, is that the simple stuff gets automated or made self-serve. Right. So this is what has happened. Now, where the challenge is, is on the complex conversation side. So I'll give an example. Let's say a member is delinquent on their loan because something is happening in their life, right? Something extreme happened. But when you're delinquent on your loan and something has happened, well, you need to either miss a payment or skip a payment or restructure your loan, right? This is not a simple conversation by any measure. It's a complex conversation because there's human life elements involved. So these are called complex conversations. Well, can you do this in digital banking? The answer is no. I'll give another example. Uh, in 2009, in the last economic downturn, my wife and I, we found a home in San Jose. And by the way, home price in San Jose had fell by 40%, wow. right? We find a home, it's quote unquote a short sale. Well, my wife and I, we applied for a loan with the big banks. Well, we didn't have enough of credit history as immigrants, we got an instant rejection because we had a number, right? We had a credit score. Right. Then when I walk into a credit union branch called Provident Credit Union, and a lady over there sits us down and has a conversation with us. Right? She said, guys, let's forget about your, about your score. Tell us who you are, where are you from, what are your hopes, what are your aspirations, what are you trying to get done? And then when she gets into this, it's a complex conversation. Right? And a lot of these complex conversations actually used to happen in branches. So this is where we fit in, Paul, that our assertion is that we will help credit unions automate the simple stuff. Let's make it self-serve using AI. And then we retrain our employees, the credit union people, in having more complex conversations. 
So who are the different departments that use, use this? One is collections, the collections teams at credit unions. Another one are lending teams. So now imagine mm -hmm. as a loan officer, you need to have a conversation. Of course, you can have it in a branch, but what if the member cannot come to the branch? Can you do this via video? So which has given rise to video lending, for example. Sure. So lending. Another one is wealth management, right? Anytime you make, need to make investments. Another one is anything complex. For example, I was at a credit union. They have a particular type of loan product called funeral loans. Oh, interesting. So now imagine somebody passed away in your family and you're looking for a personal loan for a very, very specific thing. Right. Right. It's not a simple conversation. So these are the areas where you apply digital conversations. And of course, there are areas where you apply digital banking. I see. Yeah. And, and how does that get facilitated? Is it through the banking app? Is it through online banking or is it a separate platform? It's a separate platform called Eltropy. Okay. So that's what we deploy. It's a cloud hosted platform. So any, let's say, credit union employee that has access to the internet and a web browser, right, on a computer, they can use our platform. Now, what we've also done is we've built a lot of different integrations. So we have integrations in the core, lending systems, collection systems, CRM systems, et cetera. So what we've done is we made our platform as an embeddable widget. I see. So let's say if you're a loan officer and you have to live in Meridian Link or in Origins or in Element Compass, well, you can be in that system where you do your work, right? Where you approve loans, et cetera. Well, our system gets embedded inside that for the conversations piece. That's great, yeah. And does, is that embedded for the end user too or just for the credit union employee? It also is embedded for the end user. So for the end user, which is the members, what we've also done is taken our platform and we embed that inside digital banking and mobile banking. Love it. So I'll give an example. Let's say you go to a credit union website, you want to apply for a loan. So you start the online loan application process, right? But let's say somewhere in between you get stuck. Now what? Right? How do you interact with a human on the other side? Right. So now on that page, imagine there's a, there's a widget at the bottom right corner. You press on a button and right there, you can either chat with somebody or you can have a video call with somebody. So while you're applying, if you get stuck somewhere, there's a human to help you on the other I end. So that. that's one example. Yep. Right? Another example is you log in online. Now I'm looking for an account balance. So you log into online banking. And now let's say suddenly you need to make a transfer but you're not that technically astute. You don't know where to go, what to press, etc. From right there, you can start screen sharing. Mm, that's great. Right? So you can bring on an agent who can actually see what you're saying. Of course, not see your account balance because we obfuscate that, but can help you saying, okay, go here, go there, click on this, click on that, right? And make your life easier. That's amazing. I, so many times, even in the marketing processes, we're trying to help credit unions improve their digital experience. Part of this is to hey, kind of almost guide them through. I mean, what typically happens in a user behavior is I, I'm sitting at work and I have a few moments and I know I need, a, I have this task, I need a credit card or a loan or I'm, uh, as you've described, some of those even things that we would view as a simple task tends to end up becoming a complex task and it shouldn't. And then I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm out of time for this. Because yeah. all of those you know, we're, we're connecting an LOS to a different banking core, to a different online banking platform, to all, we have all of these data silos that exist in the credit union 
because we don't have the luxury of custom coding our own solution. We're kind of connecting all of these different technologies together. We lose the ability to have that human connection. And like, oftentimes the easiest thing to do is, hey, let's just pick up where you left off. Well, the tool doesn't capture that, right? So now there's <laughs> there's a marketing process that you can do as kind of this abandoned cart process to help them pick up where they left off without having to do a Google search again. And hopefully they, they land at the ad or the credit union link that they got to in the first place. But even if that's yeah. the case and you have some sort of hiccup in the user experience, and maybe it's not even your hiccup, it's their expectation. The, the expected thing is to offer a human to help, right? And yeah. none of those platforms have it. So I love that LHP is doing this and giving the ability to offer, hey, we can, we can actually offer you this human to help accelerate this through. And that's, you know, fixing your expectations of where that submit button is or, uh, you know, what kind of data I need to upload or this this field is confusing or whatever that is. That's that's so powerful. I'd imagine this actually is really helpful from the credit union's perspective too, in that you know there's a real human on the other end. I'm assuming this helps a ton with fraud. Tell us a little bit more about that. What does that look like? Yes, yes. So fraud is by the way one of my favorite topics because as things are becoming more digital, guess what is happening? Fraud is rising. Right. Because earlier the fraudsters had to come to your branches or had to walk into ATM, try to break your ATM, right? But now fraudsters can be anywhere in the world. That, that's a good and part of bad of being digital, right? That fraud fraud also becomes digital, right? right? So so I, I know a gentleman, um, I, I really like him. His name is Brad Shafton. He's the CIO at uh, Bankify Financial. And Brad said, listen, fraud and friction are two ends of a weighing scale. right?" You reduce friction, fraud grows up. You increase friction, fraud goes down. Well, what are credit unions trying to do every day? Reduce friction, so fraud going up. So I'll tell you a story. Uh, Inroads Credit Union. Um, this th Their CIO, Ron Winters, this is what he told me. He said, Ashish, listen, we used to have a lot of wire fraud. People will call in, want to do a wire. And wire fraud is quite dangerous because once that wire leaves your account, Paul, it is done. You can never get it back, right? The money is left, right. the building. So what they institutionalized was a process that, listen, to do wires, there are only two options going forward. Either you come to a branch with your ID, option number one, lots of friction. Option number two is you can do wires via video banking. Mm. So even when you call into a call center and say, listen, I want to do a wire, the agent in the call center is going to switch you to a video call. So not as much friction as coming to a branch, right? You can do that at the comfort of your home. However, when you're on a video call, we'll record you. We know your face. We know how you look like. While you're in the video call, you're going to have to show your ID to us on the, on the video screen. And then at the same moment, we're also going to take your ID, send it to a database, and figure out is the ID fake or real instantly. So by doing this, the wire fraud went down to zero. That's correct. So to me... Videos that balance, right? Friction versus fraud. Going to a branch is too much friction, right? But I think video provides a wonderful balance in between. Yeah, yeah. And I think of credit unions that have a hard time competing with the technology of big banks. This is what you're describing is the ability to be nimble in a way that even big banks can't. So you're allowing to yes. remove a lot of that friction to be more human, to be more personal, and then to provide a service 
that accelerates or removes more of the friction than even the larger banks that have a bigger tech stack that have a harder time being nimble in their technology, that you can now sort of do an end around and get, get quicker interactions, less friction, and a, and a, a better digital experience than, than, than the big bank would in having to custom code their solution and having to deploy it in, at enterprise scale. That's really cool. Yes, and this is, yeah, this is where, Paul, I personally think that the cloud is a big equalizer. Yeah. So imagine that an era where all software was written for on-premise deployments. Well, big banks had an advantage, right? They had larger server rooms, more servers, more people, right, to do all this installation, maintenance, upgrade of software, right? And what could a credit union do? Well, you have only those many dollars to spend. So big banks had a big advantage. Now comes the era of cloud-hosted software. So companies like Eltropy, we go to credit and say, listen, you can have the exact same toys or tools that the big boys have because instead of you doing all this work, we as Eltropy will manage the servers on the cloud, we'll take care of data security, we'll take care of upgrades, etc. All you need to do is instead of making a giant upfront investment called CapEx, right. you just buy a subscription service from us, it becomes OpEx. Yeah. That's amazing. So that has really, according to me, Paul, really put everything on its head, right? It's changed the game. Right. So like when I travel through the state of Idaho, I see the giant hoardings. Like you're going on the freeway, imagine a giant hoarding by Idaho Central Credit Union. And what that hoarding is saying, hey, listen, you can bank from anywhere via video, right? By the way, have you seen anything like this from Bank of America or Wells Fargo nope. yet? Bank from anywhere via nope. video. So ICC or Idaho Center Credit Union is ahead right. of the big banks. Right. And that's the beauty, especially when, I don't know, if if you're evaluating a new banking core or something else, the, the ability to have an open API to actually talk to other tools becomes pretty important instead of just doing this sort of on-prem deployment, which I don't think anybody is, hardly anybody's doing these days, right? Just about everything is in the yeah. cloud, which is amazing. Yes, and, and I've heard some very sort of positive things coming out of from people like Jack Henry, like the Decimitar core, even Pfizer. I think there's also an arms race going on between the big financial services software providers, especially the core banking providers, that who can get onto the cloud as quickly as possible. Now, of course, there's a public cloud, right, right AWS, etc. But what's very encouraging is sort of these private cloud installations, right. right, where let's say Jack Henry will host or some other company will host a private right. cloud for you. I think that tremendously cuts down on capital expenditure, right, maintenance costs, upgrade costs, right, earlier you could only upgrade once a year, but it was so expensive, so laborious, right, and here you can be so much more nimbler. So I think we're heading into this wonderful era where everybody's going to have the same toys. Right, right. The question then, Paul, is if everybody has the same toys, it's, about, it's all about what do you do with those toys? Right, right, right. The ability to be a little bit more human, to be connected, to drive real relationships. Yes. That it becomes an issue of will rather than technology. Are you willing yes. to step in and kind of do the things that a big bank won't do? All right, to drive yes. more of that relationship. But what an amazing conversation. Yeah, and, and that's what Paul I feel is the quote unquote secret sauce of the credit union movement are these human relationships, right? right? Yep. Yep. That's what credit unions are extremely good at, right? People helping people. So, well, if the big banks are going to have the same toys, credit unions are going to have the same toys. It's all about how well do you serve your customer base. And credit unions have a natural advantage there. So I feel extremely optimistic about the future of credit unions from that perspective. I love it. 
Ashish, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really fun. We actually have another podcast episode coming with you in, a, in just a few weeks. But I wanted to ask you a couple of, like, we normally end with a few rapid-fire questions. Um, so I'll give you these two. What's the one trait you think f that has contributed most to your success? Um, I would say that the one trait is an ability to be humble and learn. I love that. So I'll give an example. I'll give an example. The first ever credit union meeting or call that I had when I was showing them a text messaging platform, the lady on the other side said, Ashish, do you have an integration into Scimitar? And I asked the lady, ma'am, can you please tell me what is Scimitar? <laughs> so Scimitar is a very popular core banking system. Right. And the lady started laughing and she said, call me back when you learn what core banking systems are. <laughs> so this was five years ago. I was like so green. But I didn't know what a core system was, LOS, collection system, none of that. And hey, here I am in front of credit unions, right? <laughs> but now, five years later, I would say I understand a lot of this very well. And a lot of this I've learned on the job yeah. through conversations with credit union people. Yeah. So be humble, be grounded, because every day you've got to learn something new. Yeah, and you can't be afraid to ask the dumb questions, right? Like sometimes that yields a lot <laughs> of learning that, you know, maybe exactly. maybe we all had some assumptions over something and all of a sudden you think, okay, what is this? That's great. Uh, who is it? It's uh, Patrick Lencioni that talks about the the ideal, the ideal team player, somebody that's hungry, humble, and smart. Uh, and so you've at least demonstrated two of those. And based on this conversation, the smart part is very clear too. So well done. Uh, let me ask you <laughs> one more. You, what's, you. what's your strangest daily habit? Okay, this is a good one. So every single day I take a nap. What? Oh. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it does not matter the day of the week. It doesn't matter where in the world I am, whether I'm in a car, I'm in a flight or I'm at my home, I take a nap, and my entire company knows that 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. is the CEO's nap hour, and so does my board. My board also knows that. Oh my gosh. So when new executives or employees come, I'll tell them, listen, this is the CEO's nap hour. What a nap does for me, Paul, and by the way, it's not a two-hour nap, okay, in case you're <laughs> grinning. It's, it's usually a 15 to 30-minute nap. It takes me like two hours to, let's say, get into the nap mode, take a nap, wake up, drink my chai, and, and be alive again. But I've had this habit, but since when we were little kids in India, so my, we'll come back from school, my mom would feed us lunch, and the first thing she'd say, kids, go take a nap. I wake up. And I've carried this forth, I'm 44 years old, so, but what a nap does for me, Paul, it refreshes me tremendously, it de-stresses me, and it gives me another working day starting from 5 p.m. Oh, wow, okay. Well, Matthew Walker would be really proud of you. I love that. I feel a little <laughs> jealous for your, your napping. Well, thank you. Uh, this has been a really great conversation and I can't wait for the next one. So thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. And please enjoy the rest of Columbus Day. And guess what? After this podcast, I'm going to go get some lunch and then I'm going to get my nap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay, take See care. Bye-bye. Today's CU Strategy Podcast is brought to you by 454 Creative a digital marketing agency with extensive experience developing websites and marketing strategies for credit unions. 454 Creative is ready to help design your brand, define your strategy, and deliver your story to your community and grow your members. Visit 454creative.com cu today to learn more and get a free website review.